0: So today celebrating the right of acceptance for those who are not baptized and the right of welcome for those who are This is a day of joy for us for our parish and for for the whole church One reason is because this is the day when we can see In front of our very eyes Some of the great commission that the lord has given to his church fulfilled. He said go Make disciples of all nations Baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit We also I mean, in each of you, candidates and catechumens, we see God's work among us. There are all kinds of twists and turns and quiet ways that the Lord has drawn you to this point, but he's brought you here. He prepared your heart to respond. So it's incredible and something that gives me great gratitude to see see the Lord work right, right in front of us. For each of you, of course, this is a day of special importance because... You've left behind this period of inquiry, and you're now entering the catechumenate. You've received the sign of the cross, and you're claimed in the name of Jesus and in the name of the Church. So from today, this is for you to know and for all of us also, from today, you're embraced as one of us. Even before your baptism, or even before you're received into the full communion of the Catholic Church, you're embraced as one of us now and always. It's a day that we receive with gratitude and it's important for all of us who maybe have been Catholic all of our lives too because what we can see in you, um, I, well, we receive you as a great gift, but so much of what you bring also is a gift to us because you're in, your, your, your seriousness and your eagerness and your searching and the questions that you ask, it makes us ask questions too. The, the, the trouble, the danger with being a Catholic, maybe with being a cradle Catholic especially, is that so much of this can become routine and we just say, well. Why am I Catholic? Because I was raised Catholic. And, and that's not the story for each of you. We have to ask ourselves, if I wasn't raised Catholic, would, would I be Catholic today? So for all of you, you offer this testimony of your lives. Testimony of faith to all of us also. Your, your, your eagerness and your, your entering into this, it, uh, it brings refreshment to the whole church. Because just like marriage, just like family, just like, just like the best job in the world, it becomes routine and we can easily take these things for granted. So out of that, I wanna talk a little bit like what we talked about last week, just about some of the most routine things about being a Catholic that we easily take for granted that, that they're, they're, they're hidden treasures in all of these things. This is the question that I ask myself. If I am at church every day and at mass, in the actual presence of Almighty God, and I hear his word spoken to me and to all of us, and I receive his body and blood and soul and divinity and Holy Communion, why is my heart still cold and hard and selfish? There was one time where a priest at the seminary, this great old priest from Iowa, he answered this question for us, and he basically said this. He said it's because the Eucharist that you receive is not magic, it's not automatic, It's not something like compounding interest or something like that. The superabundance of life and grace is given to us in Holy Communion. But our capacity to receive that is usually very, very small. It can be more or less. But the truth that comes out of this is that receiving Holy Communion one time very well is better than a thousand times badly because we can receive communion and maybe we receive communion many times and not, not benefit at all, actually. It have no, no effect, no, no, no change, no transformation in us. So you know that most of this is about our interior disposition, where our hearts are, whether we receive the Lord with reverence and attention and love and surrender. Like we talked about last week, though, our outside, our exterior, expresses our interior. And so when we're rushed or, or irreverent at communion, it's probably because our hearts aren't present on the other hand, though, and this is good news about it, our external, our exterior affects our interior. And so what we do on the outside can help us get our interior in the right place to receive and actually benefit, to expand our capacity and to stop drinking from this waterfall of grace through like a tiny little teaspoon, but instead, instead drink in more and receive more of what the Lord pours out on us. So here, here, that, that's the, this is the main point, okay, that our capacity... What we receive depends on our capacity the lord doesn't give like a stingy amount in 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 the, in holy communion but our our ability to receive it can be more or less so when we come to mass we want to get our hearts in the right place beforehand if we can jesus said in the gospel and these are the first words that come out of the mouth of jesus in the gospel of mark repent and believe so we want to come to mass with this kind of this kind of attitude first repentance where we say i have nothing I need to be taught. Lord, teach me. Like we said in the psalm, a repentant heart says, I am ready to leave everything or give everything. Just say the word, Lord, because you are everything. Repentance and belief, where we say you are God and you are here and you are active and you have something for me and it's good for me to give everything to you. When we come into church, we want to use our bodies to remind ourselves that this isn't a routine thing. That We, we want to use these things to, to wake us up. So when we come into church, we genuflect. And sometimes it isn't until after we've genuflected that we remember, oh yes, I did that, because the Lord is actually here. When you come in and you dip your hand in holy water, that's supposed to, it's supposed to, to make you think. So if you have to, splash some on your face or something when you come in to wake up. And we, we, we quiet down in church also to try again in our external world to, to, to affect our interior, put ourselves in the right place. When you come into church before mass, spend a few minutes kneeling down. For me, most of the time, I do this because it's a habit. It's a good habit. A, my, you know, my parents taught me this when I was really little. Come into church, kneel down for a few minutes. But usually it's like 90 seconds into kneeling that I realize, why am I kneeling? What was I supposed to be doing? Because my mind was all over the place. So my body like knocks on my mind and then you remember, ah yes, the Lord is here and I wanna be ready to receive him. Now the church, because, because the church knows that we're distracted and, and weak and stuff, it gives us this great thing, this great mercy actually, and that is the bells at mass. There was one time where somebody had never been to mass before they came in and afterward they said, I was really surprised and I was kinda angry about it because I thought that was a phone ringing. And they're actually pretty close. Like the point of the bells is to be like a little alarm bell for us because in the middle of mass, whatever whoever's sitting in front of you, whatever's going on in your in your life or in your mind, our minds wander. And so the bells are like this supposed to be this helpful thing to say, "Oh, yes. Yeah, we're really close now. The Lord is here. This is it. As you're preparing to come up in line for communion, I don't know if this happened in your house, but it happened in mine. My uh, some of my family are are here today so they understand. but you know, your family's having somebody over for dinner, let's say, and everybody knows it's coming up. Your mom or your dad will say, hey, they're coming here at 5 o'clock. And so by then, the bathrooms have to be cleaned up, the living room has to be picked up, we want to vacuum the dining room, those sorts of things. And you don't for most of the day. You kind of dawdle around. And then all of a sudden, somebody says, they will be here in seven minutes. And it's amazing how much you can do in seven minutes when you really have to you know like all this stuff that is it my mom always like hopelessly pointed this out to us like did you see how quick that went you could have done that three hours ago and and not have been but but we don't learn but this is what can happen and it's a good thing actually when before communion when you realize i i am not ready the lord is coming He's coming and I will receive him and he is going to dwell in my own body and heart. Even if it's only 60 seconds before communion, when you quickly say, I have to clean up and you put things in the right place and you, you stir up love and devotion and you prepare for his visit, wonderful. Okay, even if it's the last minute thing, we want to prepare our hearts for this visit, even if it's like a frantic cleanup. Now, when we come up for communion, there are some steps that we take that a lot of the time it's, it's just like an old habit, or like a routine thing. But I just want to point out the significance of these. When you come up for communion, you have to make some sort of act of reverence to the presence of God. Okay, so most of the time that means a bow. It can be a genuflection also. If you receive communion on your knees, you don't actually have to do either of those because kneeling down is your act of reverence. But sometimes, because we forget what we're doing, rather than a bow, and it's not supposed to be a bow of your head, it's supposed to be a bow of your body, okay, all the way from the waist. But sometimes somebody comes up in line, they have their hands out, And this is their act of reverence. Like, this is not a time for bobbing. (laughs) Like, we like efficiency, okay? So you want to make your act of reverence while the person in front of you is receiving the Lord. But it gives you plenty of time to remember what you're doing and to bow because the God of the universe who created you is right in front of you and you're about to receive him. When you come forward then, and it's your turn to receive the Lord in Holy Communion, Receive him with everything that you have, with all of your might, with all of your heart. When you say amen, and sometimes, sometimes this is slipping sometimes, so parents, I'd appreciate it if you just walk through this with your kids again, but sometimes they come forward and people, people forget to say amen. Make your bow of reverence. They come forward, the, the, the priest or the extraordinary minister says, the body of Christ or the blood of Christ, and you say amen. And what is in this amen is I stake my life on this. I would die for this. This is a very important word that we say. And then you, get, you can choose how you receive communion, either standing or kneeling. You can receive it on your tongue or in your hands. As a side note, the tongue, I think actually, I am sure, is the most hygienic because I touch many fewer tongues than hands. And I think all of you brushed your teeth today, but I don't know how many of you washed your hands before you came into church. Okay, so that's that's the that's the hygienic plug. If you receive the Lord on your hands, then there's two very important rules about this that I want you to know. Okay, the first one is that we have to have clean hands. So, okay, maybe you're working outside before this, your hands aren't aren't clean, that's that's fine. But but wash your hands before before communion if you're gonna receive the Lord on your hands. You've got to have clean hands and you have to have two hands. Okay? We take our non-dominant hand. And this, I know this feels maybe patronizing and childish, and I don't mean it to be that, but I'm trying to make for good habits here. Take our non-dominant hand, put it on top, flat and open. And we take our dominant hand and we put it on the bottom. And we make a throne, a worthy place for the Lord as best as we can. And then when the host is placed in your palm, take your dominant hand and you pick it up from there. You know how dads do this thing with snacks? Usually, you know, you're in the, you're in the car and you have a bag of chips or peanuts or something like that, let's say M&Ms, peanut M&Ms, and your dad is driving and he sticks his hand back and he he demands the dad tax. (laughs) So you put some of these snacks in his hand and he takes them to the front and then dads do this thing where they shake their hand a little to get the peanut in the right place to put into their mouths, okay? That's great for Skittles and for peanuts. But when we receive the Lord with just one hand, very often we have to do this awkward thing, sometimes even a shake, to put the host in a place where we can put it in our mouths. This is this is not okay. This is not how we're gonna receive the Lord. Okay, this is why we say very clearly, two hands, you 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 create a place for the Lord, and you pick it up like this. Now I want to ask you for two favors in this, okay? The first one is that when you do this, would you please receive the Lord before you walk away? We like efficiency. But when somebody walks away holding the Blessed Sacrament, I get nervous and I don't want to have to chase you down because I'm not sure if you're walking back to your pew, just hold in the Blessed Sacrament, okay? So please, before you walk away, just put them in your hand. It only takes like a third of a second. And the other thing is if you receive the Lord in your hand, just do me this favor, just because we love God, just check your hand for any kind of crumb or particle or anything like that, okay? Check your palm, check your fingers. If there is something, you just pick it up and put it in your mouth. After all that we talked about last week, about reverence for every, every, every droplet, every particle of the Blessed Sacrament, we want to be careful too when we receive the Lord in our hands. I don't want you to feel under pressure here. I am not going to be judging you after this. I, I just do want to form good habits for all of us. And however you decide to receive the Lord on your knees, standing, on your hand, or on your tongue, here's the, here's the thing to look for. What puts my heart in the right place to receive him? What what behavior, what action, what disposition puts my heart in a place of the greatest love and eagerness and ability to receive what the Lord has for us. Okay, here's the last few things. When you walk back to your pew, turn your attention inside. When you know and recognize what you bear inside you, it changes the way that you carry yourself. When people walk back to their pews and it looks like they just fi- fi- uh, finished checking out at Meyer, maybe they put their hands in their pocket or something, all that communicates is, like, you don't know what just happened, okay? You can do whatever you want with your hands or your body or whatever, but just, just turn your attention interior and let what you carry, who you carry, affect the way that you walk and the way that you carry yourself. When you get back in your pew and you kneel down, do whatever it takes to give the Lord your attention, to be still as best as you can and be with him. Because Jesus has waited to be with you like this for a long time. And he is eager, he has longed for this. And I don't know if you've been at somebody's house like this where you, you're like so glad to see them and what you pick up is that they're waiting for you to leave. We, we can do that sometimes, even when we receive Holy Communion. So whatever it takes, you can close your eyes, put your hands over your face, whatever you need to try and give the Lord just a little of your attention, just to be present with him. When you sit or you stay kneeling after Communion, um, usually we wait until the, ch- the, till the priest is back at his chair. But really, once the, the blessed sacrament is moved from the altar to the tabernacle, then you're free to, like I said, free to kneel, free to, free to sit, whatever you like. If somebody continues kneeling in this time, often there's this tendency to compare ourselves, feel insecure, or even to say they probably just think that they're holier than me. Don't give in to this temptation. This person probably is just very distracted, and they're just trying to give the Lord like just a little attention. They're trying to be with him for just a second, and maybe they need a few minutes more on their knees to give him that. So we want to help them with that and support them because we want the same thing. When mass ends and the procession goes out and the music is done, stop, wait, just take another minute or two or five, kneel down and thank the Lord for this gift because what you have received is thing that looks like bread but is not bread. is your creator and your redeemer. This hasn't just dissipated and disappeared. Still, this host is in you. You carry the Lord of the universe. So enjoy these last few minutes of this intense and like such a privileged gift that we receive. This is why we, we try to be quiet in church even after mass for people trying to pray. And again, if people stay after mass, what they're trying to do is just to give the Lord a little more of their heart. We don't have to be perfectly attentive. We can't be perfectly attentive. But But we do have to try, because this isn't an automatic thing. Some days are great, and we feel like, wow, I was here, I was ready, and that's all awesome. Other days, we are just a total mess, or the kids are acting up, or we've got other things on our minds, whatever. We can't determine whether it's going to be like a great day or, or a messy day for this, but we can, every day, we can try. And this is what matters. The more times that we receive the Lord without trying, without paying attention, the stronger our bad habits become, And the less we expect from receiving Holy Communion, and so the less we receive. And then it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. But the opposite is also true. The more times that we, we try to be attentive, that we try to form good habits, that we work to get our hearts in the right place, the more we expect from receiving the Lord in Holy Communion, the greater our capacity is for this overwhelming abundance that he pours out on us. We don't want to be satisfied with just a spoonful of the water of life that is given to us. We want to drink deeply of what is offered to us and poured out. This is God, and he loves you with a heart that is burning. So ask him to teach you how to receive more of what he wants to give you.